0: Man, fuck quarantine. Lay back and relax and let's smoke some green. Hey,
1: the face. Fuck, die. bottles in the case. Nigga, fuck, die. Two pills and a half Nigga, fuck die. Got a high tolerance well, your age don't exist. Like whoa, whoa. whoa, 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 whoa.
0: Welcome back everybody, it's your boy Buddha Brad, the lyrical analyst inspired by cannabis and you're tuned into earbuds. So like I said last week, this week I'm discussing someone who I consider the new age Nas. This person is great on the mic, he's got witty wordplay, a deep message, and a great fucking flow. So for this week's episode, I'm super excited to talk about change, J. Cole's song off of the album, For Your Eyes Only. It was released in 2016, and it sampled Jay Dilla's African Rhythms.
1: These are African rhythms, passed down to us through ancient spirits. Feel the spirit, a unifying force, come on, move with the spirit.
0: So this is actually about J. Cole's close friend, and it talks about the kind of turmoils he has in his life. So why do I like this song? Well, I like this song because it has really deep meaning, and I'm going to get into a lot of that. But it also has great wordplay, like these punchlines are so clever. And finally, I mean, his flow on this is just so good. It's a nice beat, and the way he rides it is almost perfection. But enough about that. Let's get to show on the road. So if you haven't heard Change by J. Cole yet, do me a favor, go down to the description and click on the link. As always, I'll be here waiting for you. Perfect timing. Welcome back. You're just in time for one of the most holiest of motherfucking holiest rituals that we have here on earbuds. Can you guys please do me a favor and join me for this chronic break?
1: Let's go get it. My intuition is telling me there'll be better days. Is telling me there'll be better days. I like this tone. Yeah. my intuition is telling me there'll be better days. I sit in and find whenever
0: I meditate. Alright, let's get into the first lyric. So the first punchline I want to talk about describes J. Cole's friend's Jesus Pendant and why it's covered in so many diamonds and how it became covered in so many diamonds. My chosen religion, Jesus peace frozen from sinning, doing dirt, hoping to God, he know my intentions. So in this line, it sounds like J. Cole's friend says that his religion is being a gangbanger or a gangster. He practices it, he preaches it, it's who he is. And when he says that his Jesus piece is frozen, it means that it has a lot of diamonds on it because another slang word for diamonds is ice. So how did he get all these diamonds on his pendant? Well, he's saying his friend got all these diamonds on his pendant by committing sins. He's probably a drug dealer, a gangbanger. And with that money that he got from those activities, he was able to buy a diamond encrusted Jesus piece. Now, another way to interpret this is when you look at a pendant on a chain, where does it fall on? Well, it falls on your chest and what's being held within your chest, your heart. So another way to interpret this is that the chain that lies on this person's chest, which holds his heart is frozen from the cold heart that this person developed by doing all these sinful things. Think about it, man. If you're in this industry, you're a gangster, you're a drug dealer and you're getting shot at and you shoot back. I mean, eventually you become heartless to death and seeing all this chaos around you. So those very acts that made you cold are also the very acts that got you money that allowed you to buy this diamond-encrusted Jesus pendant. Let's look at the next line. The next punchline compares a life of a gangbanger to a street race, a famous type of street race, a drag race. I'm living fast like I'm in a drag race. how that cash tastes. When I was a senior, I was bawling on my classmates so what does he mean that his life is like a drag race well what is a drag race a drag race is a very quick race right there's only a certain amount of road that you're given it doesn't last long and honestly you could probably die in it But the person that's the most aggressive one and the one that can keep a cool head, that's the one that's probably going to last at the end and the one that's going to win the cash. So when you're in this gangbanging industry, you have no other option but to live your life like it's a drag race. You only have certain roads that are provided to you. Chances are that it's not going to last long. But if you can be the most aggressive one and you can outwit the other person and keep a cool head while you're doing it, well, then you can have cash at the end. You could be the winner that takes it all. Alright guys, third punchline, and probably one of my favorite ones in the song. So the reason why I like it is because it's such a cool, gangster way of telling someone that if you step to me, I'm gonna kill you. My business ain't got no suit and tie. Keep a pistol at all times. N-words want what's mine. I can't oblige dog. I work too hard. So reach for it, get referred to God. I'm going hard
1: not just supply it's economics my business ain't got to sit and tie keep a pistol at all times niggas want what's mine i can't oblige, dog i work too hard so reach for it, clip refer to god i'm going hard nigga i know you desperate for a change
0: at the bend glad so in this verse jake holt saying that i can't give you my shit so if you're going to go for your gun i'm going to have to kill you but the way he says it is if you reach for your gun so if you reach for it i'm going to refer you to god like do it and I'm gonna send you straight to God. I'm gonna tell him you're coming. It's gonna be a personal referral from me to him. And unless J. Cole's friend is praying for you, I can't imagine any other way he's gonna make you meet God. So the fourth punchline's got a little bit more of a positive spin about it. It's about J. Cole himself. He's talking about no longer using a pistol and instead having a different weapon to help him get out of his situation. Prodigal son, got a new gun. This one don't run out of ammo. Lately, I've been working on my handles.
1: Yeah. son, got a new gun, this one run out of ammo Been working on my Can I ball a star? remain myself if I fall, dust it off and regain myself. Fuck all. They don't know all the
0: pain I- so what's J. Cole's new gun? Well, clearly it's not a pistol. This time, his gun is a pen. And what's his ammunition he's never gonna run out of? Well, it's his words. It's his rhymes. Alright guys, let's get into some fun facts. This week's fun facts are more so... They're a little bit more in-depth and they're more so interpretations of what he's saying and uh, just some research that I've done on these topics and uh, I think you guys are going to find them interesting. Asking the father for forgiveness got him overwhelmed, as if he's spiteful like them white folks that control the jail.
1: See, I believe if God is really... Never-
0: So if you're someone from the hood, if you're a gangbanger, chances are that you understand that authority figures don't see you in a positive light. You know these lawyers, police officers, judges, politicians, they all see you as a scumbag, someone that's doing something that's wrong. I mean, they don't understand your situation, so when they look at you, they think you're just a fucking parasite to society. So when you get busted, they're going to take that opportunity to throw the fucking book at you. They're going to be severe with their sentencing. So if you grew up with this mindset, well, when you think about a God, why would you assume any differently about him than you would about these other authority figures? I mean, God knows that you're sinning. He knows what you're doing is wrong. And you're probably not going to go into heaven. So when it does come time to meet your maker, just like when you're in front of a judge, why would God take it any more lightly on you than the judge on earth would? The next line I want to talk about gets into the mentality that a lot of the people that are in the hood industry, so selling drugs, pimping, robbing, etc., their mentality when it comes to their community and the people that are being impacted by their work. Fiends want to get higher than a bird's eye view. And who am I to tell a n-word what to do? I just apply. It's economics. My business ain't got no suit and tie. So to break down this line, I'm going to get into Psych 101. Have you guys ever heard of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs? According to Maslow, there's five levels of a person's needs. When the needs of one level are met, that's when they graduate onto the next level. So the first level is physiological needs. Air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, and reproduction. Once those are met, you get onto safety needs. So personal security, employment, resources, health, and owning property. Once that's met, then you can move into loving and belonging. You know, having friendship, intimacy, a family, and a sense of a connection. Then from there, it's esteem, self-esteem, respect, recognition, and status. And the final stage, once all your needs are met, it's the self-actualization need. So being able to recognize that you have a desire to be more than just yourself, be bigger than you are right now, do something for the greater good. But remember, you can't get to any other stage if the first stage isn't met. So the next shit I'm going to get into with this is kind of mind-blowing. And I didn't think of it like this until I heard an interview from Nipsey Hussle. He was talking about it on the Hot 97 interview that he did. Shout out to my boy that actually recommended it to me. And uh, it really opened up my mind. So if you don't have food or access to clean water or shelter from the elements, you cannot get to the next level. Like your basic needs as a human are not being met. So when you're coming from an impoverished area or impoverished country, I mean, think about anywhere in the globe, right? Like poor places in India, poor places in Africa or the ghettos in the States. These people in these situations are in constant survival mode. So, how are they going to think about having a sense of community and something bigger than themselves and caring about the next person when they can't even ensure that they're going to have a place to sleep tonight or if they are going to be able to eat tonight or take care and provide for their family that day? So, in J. Cole's line, when the guy says, Who am I to tell him what to do? I just supply, that's a person that's thinking about themselves, not because they're selfish or anything, but because they are in survival mode and the sense of community and seeing what you're doing to your community and your peers around you through your actions, it's not a thing. It's not a realistic point of view to have for them. Now, I'm not condoning any type of violent behavior or gang banging or drug dealing or whatever. I'm just trying to understand, and I'm hoping that I'm getting you guys to understand what they're going through and what J. Cole's lines mean. So the next line I want to talk about goes hand-in-hand with what we discussed earlier this season with Lauren Hill's track. Remember, she's calling out these guys that claim to be men, but she's saying, what is your standard of being a man? Because it's clearly not what I think a man is. It's clearly not what a real man should be. In this circumstance, J. Cole is calling out those people that claim to be quote-unquote real. N-words die over bitches disrespecting dollar bills, bloodshed that turned the city into a battlefield. I call it poison, you call it real.
1: All of a sudden niggas popping trunk and we scram. Finger on trigger, make a little nigga understand what it's like to finally be the motherfuckin' man. Eyes wide, that's from the power that the coward feels. Niggas die over bitches disrespecting dollar bills. Bloodshed and turn the city to a battlefield. I call it poison, you call it real. That's how you feel.
0: So what J. Cole is saying is that that thing that you call real, you know, not letting anyone step to you, being a gangster, you know, taking shots at someone, robbing someone, selling drugs to other people and not really giving a fuck. Well, it's detrimental to our society. It's actually killing us. So for the sake of being real and not being seen as a fake person or not someone that is down for the cause, you're killing our society. You're poisoning the well that we drink from. All right, guys, I want to talk about the outro. So if you recall, the outro actually takes place at Jay Cole's friend's funeral. And if we listen closely, we hear three voices. We hear someone crying, we hear the pasture, and then we hear the homies.
1: Uh, I swear to God, God. We're gathered here today. I to the life James B. B. Jr. I swear to God. A tragedy, another tragedy in the black community.
0: So these three voices are all elements of the vicious cycle that these people are caught in. That voice crying, well that symbolizes pain. The pastor talking, that symbolizes some sort of solution. And the homies plotting, well that symbolizes the action. So let me explain to you this vicious cycle. So imagine you're at a funeral, you hear the voices crying, that's pain. The pastor's trying to give you a solution. We need to do better than this. Pray to God. We need to come together. The homie's plotting. That's the anger that's going to lead to action. They're being fueled by the tears and the anger and the pain in that funeral home. And they're totally ignoring what the pastor's saying. Because remember, a lot of these guys don't think they're going to get into heaven anyways. So, why the fuck does it matter if you're going to pray or not? What they're going to do is go to the other neighborhood and get fucking retribution. They're going to get revenge, and they're going to kill someone on the other side. Well, what's going to happen next? Another funeral is going to happen. There's going to be more pain on that side. There's going to be a pastor talking on that side, which is going to fall on deaf ears of the guy's homies who are going to be fueled by anger. They're going to come back and kill someone in your squad. And then you're at another funeral, hearing the pain, getting fueled by anger, not listening to the pasture, just thinking about the way that you're gonna kill the other people. And the cycle fucking continues. I think that's a good segue for the final portion of the song I want to talk about. The name of the song and the chorus. We repeatedly hear change comes from the inside, change comes from the inside.
1: I know you change at the glad but, but the only real change come from inside but the only real change come from inside but the only real change come from
0: So what J. Cole could be saying is that in order to be a better person you need to find that strength within you to make that happen no one else can help you unless you're willing to help yourself another way to interpret this is that J. Cole could be talking about society in general or his neighborhood in general He could be saying that the only way that his neighborhood is going to change is if they change it internally. They support themselves from the inside. Don't rely on these politicians. Don't rely on these other people to come and save you. We need to be able to save our kids ourselves. We need to be able to re-educate them. We want to be able to show them pride in their neighborhood. We got to be able to provide them the support that they need. And this is how we're going to change, change from the inside. Alright guys, that's it for this week's show. Thank you once again for tuning in and I hope you guys learned something new and I hope I opened your eyes as much as mine did when I started listening to this song. So next week, dun is the season finale. For next week's show, I'm going to talk about one of the rappers that arguably is the reason for why New York is as big as it is in terms of a hip-hop scene. He's also responsible for me starting the show. He was part of my first smoke session, and I'm honored that he's going to be the last show I do for season one. I'm going to talk about no other than Nas. The song I'm going to choose is New York State of Mind off of the Illmatic album. So next week is going to be a good show because I'm going to be talking about possibly one of the best rap songs out there off of one of the best rap albums out there from one of the best rappers out there. As always, guys, thank you so much for everything. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your feedback. And thank you so much for your requests. I really feel like we're building a community here. Also, guys, keep sharing it. You know, get the word out there. Let's see how big we can make this thing. So let's ask the joint right here, and we'll touch base next week. I'm your boy, Buddha Brad, the lyrical analyst inspired by cannabis, and you were tuned into earbuds. Peace.
1: Yo black, it's time, Word. Word, it's time it's time, man. Alright, begin. Yeah. Straight out the fucking dungeons of rap. where fake niggas don't make it back. I don't know how to start this a monkey flipping with the funky rhythm I be kicking, musician inflictin' composition, a pain I'm like Scarface sniffing cocaine holding an M16, see with the pen I'm extreme, now, pull it hold Left in my P I'm suited up with street clothes, hand me a nine and out the defeat foes. Y'all know my steelo with or without the airplay. I keep some E and J, sitting bent up in the stairway, or either on a corner betting grants with the c champs, laughing at bassheads, trying to sell some broken amps. G-Packs get off quick, forever niggas talk shit, reminiscing about the last.